midfielder. Can he tee up someone in red? And it goes towards Lundgren! Welcome back to Stoppage Time Soccer Show. My name is Jordan Wiegand, and I have Logan Stump. Hello. And Matt Hartgrove. Hello. And we are going to be discussing and previewing this upcoming weekend full of games. And we're going to talk a little bit of international break and how uh, they should proceed going forward. Because... Uh, lots of injuries, and we'll let Matt go on his rant about Liverpool injuries. <laughs> Is it a rant, or more so like I'm just going to give my <laughs> eulogy? There you go. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> eulogy, probably the better word for it at this point. Um, but yeah, so we'll we'll get into that. Uh, and then uh, the USA just played two games over the break, and... Logan and I are going to break that down on Stateside Soccer Show. The set should be up a day after this one. But a little little magic behind the scenes. We're going to record it at the same time. Uh, but yes, they'll be posted separately. Um, so if you're looking for that, that's not this. This is something else. This is our Premier League back from international break uh, type of situation here. And Saturday, November 21st, there's no Friday games. But we get a Saturday game, kicks off with Newcastle versus Chelsea at 7.30 a.m. Uh, Thiago Silva is uh, playing an international match, I think, on Wednesday night at 11 p.m. or something, English time. Fantastic schedule. And then, and then going to play, I guess, or try to get back for the sa- Saturday Chelsea game. And we have uh, uh, Chilwell's injured. So... Not as bad as Liverpool as we'll get to, but there is some injury concerns there. Uh, we'll we'll see how it goes. Uh, Werner was playing well for the Germans on this break. Um, then we have Aston Villa versus Brighton at 10 a.m. on Saturday. Not much to really talk about that one. I think Aston Villa is in a really good spot for that game, so we'll we'll figure that out. Uh, Tottenham versus Manchester City. Now that's the big one. Twelve thirty. Uh, Jose versus Pep once again. Um, your thoughts going into it, Logan? Because I'm not too sure on how the City roster is looking, how their injury situation is. As it seems like every team in the league is starting to get those. But um, your thoughts about a Tottenham side that's been playing pretty well as of recently? Yeah, so I think this is the first, like, test, obviously, um, for uh, Aguero to come back. I think he's 
it sounds like he's going to be fit to play. Um, I just don't know how long that's going to last. It'll be a, a real test to see if uh, the defense can hold up. We played pretty well against Liverpool defensively, so it'll be interesting to see um, how well Ruben Diaz and Laporte handle um, Harry Kane and and Son. Um, I, you know, I think looking at the game itself, I think City's in a pretty good spot, um, playing pretty well. Uh, I think that it's all going to come down to can we stop their attack? And uh, honestly, which is uh, which is surprising, I think that the defense is probably the better uh, suited side uh, of our squad because I think that the attack has been somewhat concerning as far as goal scoring, which is why I think it's important that we get guys like Aguero back and, and Jesus playing more uh, is, I think, crucial to, to city success and, and getting goals. Um, so I do hope that um, I hope that city can get to a point where we look dangerous again on the attack and I feel pretty confident about it. Um, we usually play well against Jose. Um, so I think that it'll be an interesting, interesting match. I think that their uh, defense is um, pretty good and it's gotten a lot better. Regulon's pretty good and watching him play. So I, I'm overall probably a pretty good game. Um, if City drop points here, uh, I would start to get pretty concerned because, I mean, we've dropped quite a bit, uh, and especially against teams that, that are at the top of the league. Um, we played Leicester, we played Liverpool, um, and both of them seem to have handled us pretty well um, as far as defensively and then not, not playing as well as we could have against Liverpool. But I think it'll be a pretty good match. I think City ends up winning it. Um, I do think that they... Find a couple goals here, and I think it'll be around two to one. I think that Harry Kane scores obviously because he just seems to do that every time um, that we play him. So, Matt, do you have any predictions for Tottenham Manchester City? It's like Logan knew that this was going to be the game I was asking predictions about. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Oof, I, I I think it'll be a good game. I actually think even though there's no fans, it being at Tottenham is going to play a role I actually think Tottenham I think it will end up more so in a draw though I think it'll be another 1-1 draw similar to the Liverpool City game um I, I don't think anyone will get injured in this game I think that'll be a very that's a bold that's a great shout <laughs> I think at this point teams are going into games hoping that they just don't have to get another injury um I know that's what I do when I watch Liverpool now I get scared every time someone slides because I'm assuming they're just going to get hurt. But it, it'll be a fun game to watch to see how Jose handles uh, City, especially with Tottenham above them in the table right now. I think this game is huge for Tottenham. I think if they come out with a win, they're going to really see themselves as title contenders. But if they end up losing, a lot of people are going to kind of go, it's the same old Tottenham. You know, They can't win the big game. They can't beat the, the top teams. So I, I think there's a lot more on the line, in my opinion, for them. I think they kind of need to win this game to to keep their momentum going and to show what they can do, whereas I think City can come out of this with a draw and still be pretty happy because getting the draw on the road is – I never think that's a bad thing when you have these top six games. Um, so I, I just think there's more pressure on Tottenham, and I think that can definitely play a role in them struggling. So I – I'm going to say a one I would definitely say a 1-1 one, one draw. However, if, if it, either team winning, I would have to say City win it 
You said City are going to win it 2-1? If a team won. My official if prediction is 1-1. Okay, that's I what I thought. If, I was like, yeah, I had that written if, down. If I was go, like, oh, no. If you go, if, if a team wins, I, I, I don't think Tottenham wins it. I think if there is a winner in this game, it's City. But I think in the end, it just it's a 1-1 draw. Unless something crazy happens and maybe nobody gets hurt and that causes City to win the game, which could actually be a legit thing. I'm going to yeah, go... I'm going to go with a Spurs 2-1 win here. Uh, go Jose. <laughs> uh, we also had Manchester United versus West Brom. So two relegation-threatened teams there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but jokes aside, I, Manchester United should beat West Brom. So we'll see what happens there. Um, should, but this is a pitch they lose. That is true. Uh, Sunday has four games as well, and we have two on Monday. Sunday we have open up against Fulham versus Everton. Uh, Fulham being Fulham, Everton being Everton. That could probably be a draw, I guess. <laughs> Without Everton's been sliding a bit at the uh, in the latest bit. Uh, but I don't know. It'd probably be a monumental task for Fulham to score. Uh, Sheffield versus West Ham. Uh, they, <laughs> Go ahead. Everton. Seamus Coleman is pretty big to that Everton team, and he also he also ended up getting hurt over the international break. So, I, you know, crazier things have happened. But I actually think Fulham put up a pretty good fight in that game. Uh, Sheffield versus West Ham. Thoughts on that one, anybody? Sheffield kind of still down at the near the bottom here, and we have West Ham, who's been kind of mid-table, but has had spurts of really good, really good results. I think this might actually be the worst game of the weekend. Uh, I mean, as far as both of the way they're playing, like you said, West Ham's such a roller coaster to watch. It's like, oh man, they're really good, and then all of a sudden, it's like, yeah, they're not so good. Um, and then, you know, Sheffield, I, unfortunately, I do think that they're going to be fighting for relegation all year. I mean, I think it's going to be a battle. They're going to be one of the, one of the, you know, four or five teams down at the bottom fighting for their life. Um, we have Leeds, which could be a- if Leeds brings it, because we know Arsenal is not going to be, uh, <laughs> The one probably bringing much of that. (laughs) (laughs) Be super exciting or super boring. Yeah, so I guess we'll see how it goes. But uh, hoping out for hoping for a Leeds victory there, just to pour some salt in the wounds of Arsenal fans. Sorry, Dad. Uh, Liverpool versus Leicester is the one that I have predictions for here. Uh, Matt, give us your thoughts on Liverpool and these injuries, and give your eulogy now. I guess. (laughs) Uh, my prediction is Liverpool have three more players probably get hurt before this game starts Um, I don't really know what to to make of it It, it's a lot of people are joking on Twitter that Liverpool made a deal with the devil to win the Champions League and Premier League and this is what they're what they're left with Um, it's just kind of crazy it's almost like it's crazy to see how many players are getting hurt. And this is not like, and for the most part, it's actually kind of weird scenarios. Van Dyke is an impact injury. Um, Tiago impact injury. They have, I think at this point, I think they've had five players 
test positive for COVID. And it's not even like, you know, backroom staff. It's Salah, Mane, uh, Keita's tested positive. Shakiri had it at some point. Um, that's why his test came back positive and a negative, I guess, is that he had the antibodies for it, but they don't know when he ever had it. Um, and then somebody else had, oh, uh, uh, Costas Shamikas, he's had COVID. Um, you know, Ox is still out. Henderson is, you know, has his little issues. Trent goes down. Fabinho goes down. You know, then Gomez was like, Gomez getting hurt was like almost the depressing icing on the cake of all of these injuries. I don't even know what to make of it. And yet, you know, the the one side of me is going, they could still, though, Robertson and Henderson could be back. They're cautiously optimistic. Um, apparently, Tiago and Fabinho are supposed to be back. I think they need to wrap Matip and bubble wrap at this point so that he stays completely healthy till January. Um, and, you know, they apparently could get Salah back because of weird rules with, I guess, Egypt and COVID. Uh, if he tests po- if he tests negative on Thursday, apparently he can fly back, and it sounds like he would be able to play, which I don't fully understand the different rules and different areas for it. But you know, it, it's a test, and we'll see what happens with Klopp. I don't. It, it's just crazy. It's it's every single day. I'm concerned. I'm going to open up Twitter and see another injury. That's what it feels like. They go on break, and they four players get hurt. And it's like, you you got to be kidding. At some point, somebody's going to get healthy. But they still, you know, even with all of that, if certain players are back, their lineup is not, you know, there's a couple players where I think if they lose them for extended periods of time, Allison is the one that I think needs to stay healthy. Because just looking at how they play in the team, Allison being out is the one that is, is oddly enough the biggest one. Van Dyke getting hurt was awful, and I still think he's the best center back in the game. But Matip and Fabinho, if they're healthy, are just as good defensively. They're just not as physical. Um, but Allison needs to stay healthy, and I don't really know what to make of it anymore at this point, though, of where they'll finish. <laughs> I don't really – I'm starting to lose – I'm starting to get to that point where I'm like, you know what, I'm going to hope they play well, get a win, and if they don't, just play as hard as you can. But it's – it's hard to watch all these players get hurt and still think they're going to, you know, come out with maybe a, a title, but crazier things have happened. I just have to live with it. Yeah. Would you rather them win the title and have all these injuries uh, that maybe affects next year, or would you rather them just kind of throw in the towel and win it next year? <clears throat> no, I, I you know, with with their team and the depth they have this year, which I think is start signings like Jota and Tiago are big because I, I think that definitely plays a role in the type of depth they have, even when players aren't fully healthy. I, I don't think it's something where they're going to possibly look at this year as a, you know, let's let's not worry about this year and get just as <clears throat> well, get just as healthy for next year, um, because even with Van Dyke and Gomez out. You know, if they have their players, and, you know, Trent's only going to be out for a week or two more. Um, so if these guys can remain healthy-ish, even against Leicester, you know, they it sounds like it'll be Fabinho and Matt Tippett center back. You're going to have Robertson most likely at left back, Milner at right back. Um, and even if 
Henderson is out, you know, the midfield is still has Tiago and Jeannie and Keita. Um, Curtis Jones has, has played pretty well too. And then up top, they still have Mane and Firmino and Minamino and Shakiris and Jota. They have players that I, I do think will still help them stay in the title race this year. But I, I think as a Liverpool fan, I, I'm going to have to get used to seeing a lot tougher games and po- definitely more losses this year than last year. I don't, last year was crazy. Um, even two years ago, they only lost one game. But it, I don't think they have any reason to not continue going for it. Um, I just think they, if anything, if this is the hardest thing they go through, then it could make it even more dangerous to other teams in the Premier League. Because if this is the rough patch and Liverpool are a point off the top, already faced three, four of the top considered teams in the league, and then they get everybody back, besides obviously Gomez and Van Dyke with their their knees kind of exploded. But um, I, that's just terrifying, I think, for the Premier League. Because if this Liverpool team is 90, 95% healthy, they they play better than I think last year's team at certain points. All righty. Logan, do you have any predictions on this Leicester city Liverpool match? This is a first versus third um, uh, matchup. Matt, actually, did you give a scoreline? Can you give a scoreline if you didn't? I may have missed it. Yeah. um, No, my prediction was three injuries. Um, yeah, that's what I wrote down. <laughs> <laughs> um, my prediction is I, I, I do think Liverpool still come out with a win because I, I do think a lot of the players come back, um, or at least they, they're not as injured as maybe people are kind of saying. But I, I think Liverpool end up winning 3-1. All right. Logan, you any predictions on Leicester versus Liverpool? I think I'm in the same boat as Matt. I kind of want to see what's going on. I, I mean, with... With the attack they have, um, I'm not too concerned on that front. I'm more concerned about what they look in the back for um, and, and how that plays out. But I think with if guys are coming back and, and they're fully fit, obviously besides the, the two big in the back, um, I still see uh, Liverpool as the team to beat. I think that he's Klopp does things that, that not many managers in the Premier League can do. Uh, and I know from experience from my own um, that he, he seems to make adjustments pretty well. And I think that, you know, Leicester's been on a roll, but I do think that this is kind of one of those games they fall into a, a game that, that Liverpool still shows how much firepower they have. Um, and I think Liverpool wins it 2-1. to one. I just think that the adjustments that they can make are much different than, say, a team like City or, or Chelsea or Arsenal can make on the fly. Um, it just seems like Klopp's got that mentality of, Hip, which you can keep rolling with the punches, um, and they're not team. They're not a team that goes out there and bashes you in the mouth. Um, it seems like they're a team that's just going to press you, um, make you make mistakes, and win games because that's just what they do. So I, I'm, I'm thinking Liverpool still are the team to beat here. I have a two-two draw. I was leaning towards a Leicester win, but I was like, ah, I can't. I don't want to jinx Leicester, so I'm going to go with the draw. <laughs> Uh, but I hope Brendan Rodgers gets uh, gets some comeuppance here uh, for that whole situation that happened previously. Um, 
that's all of the Sunday games. Monday, we have Burnley versus Crystal Palace. And I was going to say, are you sure this isn't the worst game of the weekend? Yeah, Crystal oh, Palace no. is nowhere near a relegated team. Are you kidding me? <laughs> West Ham and Sheffield are like two teams that are the exact same with different names. <laughs> no, no, that's West Brom. It's down there. West Ham is in 12th. <laughs> Palace is in 8th. I mean, like, I, I get but I just don't know. I, I, well, Palace is a relegated with, team, so... Any game with Burnley playing, I feel like, is really rough. Yeah, but Nick Pope. He's amazing. Um, Wolves versus Southampton, though, is the match that I have predictions here for. That's at 3 p.m. on the Monday, November 23rd. Uh, Logan, any predictions for Wolves, who currently sit in ninth, versus Southampton, who currently sit in fourth? Yeah, I, I'm like Matt. I just really enjoy watching Southampton play. Uh, and this game, I think, will actually be a pretty good game because I think Wolves are playing well, and I think Southampton are playing well. So I think that they got this right with the 3 o'clock start. I think this might be one of the more entertaining matches of the weekend. Uh, and I think that... Um, it's just tough. I think that Wolves actually pull one out here. Uh, there, there's times where I think that we're, we're going to find out that, that Southampton does tend to struggle some playing against a defense that, that's pretty good. And Wolves has a pretty solid uh, defense. And I think that playing from the back, I think Wolves have a they have a team that can stay with Ings and, and Shea Adams. And uh, Wait, is Ings? No, Ings isn't even going to play. He's hurt. I forgot. Um, but you know, I think that with the attack Southampton has without Kings even, I think that, that Wolves handles this one. And I'm going to say Wolves win it. I'm going to say 3-1 Wolves. All right, I have 2-1 Southampton. Interesting. Matt, who are you leaning towards here? Uh, um, I'm going to lean toward the middle ground. I'm going to be, I'm going to be Switzerland. I'm going to be neutral. Um, no, Matt. They don't have. They don't play in this league. <laughs> Side note: That's my favorite Friends joke. I think of all time when Joey needs a neutral name and Chandler goes Joey in <laughs> Switzerland. <laughs> um, we're a Friends podcast as well. Uh, um, but I, I actually think it doesn't in a draw. Two-two um, draw is what I, I think. I, both teams actually have really fun attacks, um, especially when Wolves played Traore, which. I keep reading that he's getting a little upset that he's not getting as much playing time. Um, but I think the way this type of year is, even though Wolves have a, a strong defense, I think this is a game where attack's going to be pretty much dominant on both sides. Uh, so I, I see both teams getting their chances and, and ending a nice little 2-2 draw. Would you like to be the one that tells Treori he's not in the starting side? I sure the hell wouldn't be. No. <laughs> <laughs> he's built, man. I'd be like, dude, you can play wherever you want. You could be yeah. a keeper for all you want. I don't care. I think he plays like they Pick play a spot. Like wing back or something. And I'm, and yeah, I'm they like play two wing him. backs. But like he, he should be up top. He should be yeah. he should be on up top backing up Salah, most likely. Be nice. <laughs> what you have Liverpool signing him? Yeah, sure, why not? We need all the players. Anyone who's healthy. <laughs> <laughs> if you can walk and have a knee, you can play. He's got he he probably has like Sign me three up. three four different knees with how much muscle he's got. He's probably got enough tendons and ligaments <laughs> he can donate. 
<laughs> Play with a torn ACL, he wouldn't notice. Yeah. Yeah, um, he finds out at the end of the season, he's like, I've just been running super fast on that still, man. Uh, that's how <laughs> he doesn't even notice it. Um, so let's use a friend's phrase here and pivot over to the international side here. Um, <laughs> should We've had a lot of issues with not only injuries with the international breaks, We've also had a lot of issues currently with COVID and the international breaks. Um, not just people going to weddings maskless, like like, like Mosala, or uh, going to... I guess that was in Egypt that that actually happened. That he went home and went to a wedding. Um, yeah. I'm were they playing in I'm Egypt, or was he just that. on international break, or what was going on? I don't think they had a game. Oh, I don't know, really. I guess they did have a game, but he also went to his brother's wedding because they just came out and said that El Nini also tested yes. positive. So, like, I, I honestly, because I, I don't keep up too much with a lot of the international football, I just kind of know when the breaks are, but it it sounds like they did test positive on the, like, official Egyptian national team tests. Um However, you know, the, apparently they're saying that he's definitely going to pass the one on Thursday, which confuses me because I didn't know you could be, like, super certain about that stuff. And if, if, if they have some crazy good way to detect COVID, then I think they need to, you know, bring that over to us um, since they can predict whether or not he's going to test positive. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, so it sounds like he, they have a nice little hotel room for him. He's just kind of relaxing. Waiting to see if he tests so he can go back to Liverpool. Um, and not only that, but we've had some English players break protocol. Remember last international break, we had that issue with, um, what was it, Tammy Abraham and uh, Chilwell and somebody else? Uh, yeah, and then Foden and Mason Green. Oh, Sancho. And, and Sancho yeah. was with the Tammy Abraham Chilwell issue. I think it was Tammy Abraham. It may have been. Yeah, it was the Tammy Abraham okay. the house party. Yeah. Yes, yeah, where they threw yeah. a birthday party for him and they had yep. tons of people there without masks. Uh, celebrating then, all this stuff. Then they had. Uh, then they had, like you said, the Mason Greenwood and Phil Foden uh, bringing uh, women into the the hotel, right? Isn't that what it was? Yeah, and then uh, breaking COVID protocols, too. Yeah, so while everybody does want to get on Gareth South, get Southgate for his poor uh, squad selections and stuff, uh, he's kind of dealt a bum hand at sometimes with, with these players not listening. Um, uh I don't know what it is about the English players. I feel like a lot of them are just, you know, divas. It seems they're always divas. They're always in the tabloids. Uh, that's why Musa should come play uh, for the USA. Uh, <laughs> he's not going to have to deal with the English press that way, and he won't have to deal with Gareth Southgate that way. Uh, he'll actually get caught up. Um, but regardless, we have lots of COVID issues, which then infect numerous people, which then throws off the the whole thing so what would be your ideal situation matt for how they should handle this 
going forward. Let's say this is the last international break of the year, like it typically is. But let's say, you know, usually there's a January uh, window. Uh, how do you approach it come January? I don't do it. <laughs> I, I don't think... I, I just don't... I, I understand... You know, I'm not the best at well-versed into what they're qualifying for. I know Euros and World Cup and, you know, they these games can mean things. But at the same time right now, with how crazy international travel and how different every country is, I just don't – you can't really foresee, I think, a definite chance that, you know, these competitions will get played no matter what happens, obviously, with the virus. Um, but in a, especially in a year like this, where a lot of these leagues are more compact at this point, so teams are playing two games a week as a normal. It's a normal thing, and then you throw in the fact that a lot of these international players are on the better teams, so they're playing those two games a week plus international games. It's just it's causing too many issues, and. You, England itself seems like they can't get through half a game without three different players getting hurt. You know, Sterling gets hurt before the game. Gomez gets hurt in training. Um, Chilwell gets hurt during the game. Henderson gets hurt during the game. I just, I, I just don't see what the benefit is. I think if anything, those two weeks should be used for rest, and the players should be in the area of their teams, similar to how I'm not saying a bubble per se, but you know the the bubble the bubble system worked here especially in the US with you know the NBA I, you know it worked with the NHL I'm not sure if they played in Canada or if they played somewhere in the US Canada um, did they okay so like obviously you can't you don't have to enforce like a strict bubble but let the players just be at their place of residence for the teams they play on and give them that time to rest they can get a week to 10 days to relax finally because coming out of this break, you know, coming out of this break, Liverpool are playing 10 games or four games in, I think, 10 days. And that's, you know, you already are having players, you know, Robertson played 120 minutes, and apparently he's still possible to play on, I think it's Wednesday. You know, you mentioned Thiago Silva is playing 11 p.m. Eastern time Wednesday night, and then Chelsea are supposed to be playing. I think on- it's 11. I think it's 11 p.m. Uh, English uh, time. Not, that's I'm not still certain. pretty freaking late. <laughs> it is, <laughs> um, but that's just, that's not enough for these players because you know you, Chelsea Tiago Silva is a main center back, so you want him playing in these big games. And I don't see how I don't see why teams are just either getting to a point where they're telling FIFA like, "Hey, we're stopping this. Like, we are not doing this. We just need to halt this for the rest of this year because these guys are not getting the rest that they deserve." And I feel like a lot of teams coaches are coming out and saying these things, and especially in the Premier League. A lot of the coaches are coming out saying that five subs is kind of needed at this point. I just they they either have to change it or they, they have to get rid of it just for the well-being of the players. I just don't see how you can be OK with the fact that these guys are getting hurt. Gomez's injury is costing the England national team two million pounds because they apparently pay for everything in terms of his wages for when he's hurt because he got hurt during international duty. So like they have to pay him because he, like if you get hurt, you have to pay the player and the teams don't pay the player. Uh, I just, 
I, I don't see how anybody can be watching this going, this is a great idea and we should continue doing this. It just doesn't seem like a good idea. So I got an idea to fix this. Are you ready? You, like you said, you, you stick them at home during the international break, but you also do this. You also send them all a PlayStation 5. And then you also send Logan Trent and Matt a one. PlayStation 5. Yes, do that. And then <laughs> that's it. Then they play the PS5 while they're on international break. And then Logan and Matt can play and join me in playing PlayStation 5. And we would have great international breaks. And they could or, play each other like yes, on international or break. they all play their international matches on FIFA online. That's brilliant. I love that idea. That's brilliant. Nobody gets hurt unless you they get all like, play as themselves. They all play as themselves and they all take you a never position. Hurt on playing video games? You turn the entry sliders all the yes, way down. Yes, it's actually happened. Let's say it's dangerous for Logan. Yeah, I get hit by lightning and stuff. <laughs> for people that don't know, Logan did uh, last summer we, when we had our video game podcast that lasted seven weeks. We okay. had uh, we had uh, lightning strike you when like it struck your house, went through the uh, PlayStation Four, and you were charging your controller, and it completely fried your controller. Oh, yeah, and burnt my hand a little bit. Yeah. You know what? Honestly, I should probably just soup Sony and get a PlayStation 5. That should <laughs> honestly be the reward for getting zapped by their console. Yeah, so I had to turn mine off yesterday because my wife was worried that uh, the power would go out and break it. Not so much worried about me, but about the PlayStation. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um. But no, seriously, I, I think that what they would have to do is, uh, look, I was a little selfish here. I wanted the international break up until today so I could watch the USA play their first game in almost a year, uh, their first two games in, in almost a year. But now that that's over and there's no more need for that, yeah, they should probably stop it until they do the Euros in the summer. It just makes more sense. Um Unless that there's still Euro qualifying that needs to be done, but then you could just play those teams. A lot of those teams are going to have are going to be smaller teams that are probably still qualifying, and those smaller teams may not have as many big name players. Um, you know, the Nations League is not as important; it's still really new. I don't think it's a big a big deal. Uh, yeah, Logan, your like... Logan, your thoughts. Good. Yeah, and I think, like, when I was watching the Liverpool and Man City game, and they've talked about fatigue this year, and they've talked about the tight fixtures that are going to happen in December. And by tight, I mean, like, I mean, they're playing Sundays, Wednesdays, or, or Saturdays, Tuesdays, and then Saturday again. Like, you've got so many games jam-packed. And I, I know they don't have any of the international coming up soon, but they go back after, and then that's when those soft – Tissue injuries linger. Um, and, and when you get hamstring and calf strains, like I know Sterling has a calf strain and he's supposedly going to be fit, but they brought him back just so that he could be um, in city so they could get the training done that he needs to get done before he can play um, against Tottenham. But I think that these soft tissue injuries, these knee injuries are coming up because those muscles aren't as as strong as they would be on day's rest, um, which loosen up those those joints in and around your knee. Um, the swelling that these guys get after playing because they've been playing their whole lives and especially your older players, um, which 
they kind of have the advantage because a lot of the international teams don't really have some of the older guys that are traveling right now because it's still in the friendly stages. And I think that, you know, as they do get more into like the Euros and, and competitions that are bigger for the countries, I do think that, you know, I mean, you got guys that are going to be flying to Argentina or guys that are flying to Mexico or flying to wherever they need to fly to and then flying all the way back to the Premier League in a span of, what, three days? And I know we talked about this before, but, I mean, that's uh, jet lag and everything, and then fatigue sets in. Um, not to mention that when you don't get sleep, and it's crazy to say this, but, you know, you don't get sleep, you don't get enough, you know, uh, rest for your body, then that's when COVID could set in and, and play a big factor. And, you know, with all this traveling going on, it's just not a good idea because you're just infecting everybody that's that you're just flying around and, you're, you're like a, a bomb of COVID uh, getting ready to explode on these teams. And luckily, fortunately, we haven't had any big outbreaks. But, I mean, eventually you're, you're going to have the same issues that we have here in the States where some of these clubs are going to be missing four to five guys. And in a title race that, that's going to be coming up in January and February, as we get tighter and tighter, it's going to be tough for a lot of these clubs trying to fly to Champion League matches and then coming back and then international and, and all over the place just – trying to get games in and these big clubs uh you know we do have depth but i mean we can't play academy players you know 26 times it's just not something that is feasible for anybody really and that's what pep i know and frank and klopp have, have said that they they just really don't like the fact that they don't have five subs and i know that you and uh, the three of us are pretty much against it because it does create a fair unfair advantage but at this point you know you're looking at is there a way that we can say, hey, you know, if you played an international game, you, you can get a sub for this person or that person? Or is there a way to, like, reconfigure subbing in and out or something like that that can give some of these guys a break? If you – and it's crazy, too, to look at these schedules. I mean, I'm just looking at Liverpool's schedule, and this is this is what their next month is. Sunday the 22nd they play. And then they play again Wednesday in the Champions League. And then they play Saturday, that following Saturday. And then in December, they play that following Tuesday. And then they play on Saturday. And then they play on Wednesday. And then they play on Saturday. And they play on Wednesday. Then they play on Saturday. They final, they're, the December 19th to December 26th time period is the first time they get a week off since this international break and majority of their main players have played two, three games during this international break. And the only ones that haven't are the ones that are hurt. <laughs> like they're, I can thinking about it right now, I'm pretty certain every single player in their typical starting 11 plays and starts maybe besides Allison, cause they tend to switch their goalkeepers over in Brazil but they've all played or would have played two to three games if not for injury. And so you're just, it's just too much on their plate. This isn't, you got the FA cup. Honestly, if I'm a team in the premier league and European football, I, I would take myself out of the FA cup or if, if I'm in it and you know, they just play their normal games. I wouldn't even, even think about putting a normal, maybe top 18 player on my team whoever's on my bench during premier league games i probably don't even play them <laughs> i'd be pulling a liverpool of last year in the carabao when they started all their like u23 players against aston villa it's just it i i don't see what benefits them 
a lot of these top teams because it really looks like mo- most of them. I mean, City, Chelsea, Liverpool, United, they all look like they're kind of getting to a point where they're going to clinch the knockout stages somewhat soon. And so that's just more games. And I just don't – I wouldn't blame them one bit if you come out – like we wake up one day and those teams have pulled themselves out of the FA Cup because I just don't see how it benefits them. Yeah, and then also like – and when you're talking about Liverpool and, you, and then you look at like Southampton or, or Aston Villa or Everton, Wolves, I mean, teams that aren't going to be as thick and in, in through their, you know, Europe at all, really. Um, and teams that are going to be fighting for those spots at the top. And, and they're they're easily gaining an advantage. Like you guys said, I think this year we see some crazy results because I think by the time January hits, like Matt said, you've got a choice. Like, do you and those cups are money i mean that's why those teams play in them even when they're you know that's why pep wants to dominate them he likes the silverware but he also likes the money that comes with it because then he can go spend it but i think that you're at a point now where you're like you know what i'm just going to start my 23 year olds like i'm going to put as many youth academy players out there that i can against teams that i think they can beat maybe and we'll see how we fare i just don't see how this is going to be good going forward and then it's going to have lasting effects i mean on players that are going to play next year and the following year i mean it's just gonna it's all jumbled up where i think that the advantage would have been to to at least either eliminate some of the games um you don't have spectators anyway so you're not really taking revenue which i know they didn't know at the time but can they look at this schedule and kind of condense it a little bit to to make it more manageable for some of these teams Definitely. There's got to be something done because when you're traveling all these places around the world and then come back and a lot of them are not quarantining when they come back because they have to play there immediately. And yes, they're getting tested, but it does take 14 days for this thing to really show itself at times. So it's not really doing much good. Um, and I think they just said that the Premier League for players that even didn't have international duty still had a thousand some positives this this uh, this week. Did they really? Good Lord. Saw that. Let me check to see if I can get the actual number. And I forget, like, man, once it sets off, I mean, you've got kids in there that are 16, 17, 18, 19, all using that same equipment, using that academy, using the different things that they're using. So it just takes off into those academies and the teams and front offices. Okay, no, I misread, I misread that. Okay, there we go. It's not as bad. It's really not that. So it was 1,200 players tested and staff, 1,207 players, 16 new positives. Those are people not in the international break from what I was told on Twitter. So that means that uh, that's the most that there has been in any of these rounds. Before that, there was 10 positives uh, on September 21st through the 27th. But there's 16 now, so it's it it is increasing. But uh, uh, from what I had read, this is for people not on international duty. We know that a lot of the people on international duty has had some issues with other injuries or more COVID issues, like Mo Salah and uh, other players that I'm blanking on right now. No, it seems like every time they come back, like I know Laporte and Riyad Mahrez got it when they got back after their first break and had to miss a match. I mean, it's just constant. With I mean, Thiago has it. it seems like every week that he comes back, 
Um, he must be making out with Mo Salah or somebody. Seems like they're that close anyway. Yeah, has had it once. He took I'm sorry. A, he took a metal spike to the knee. Oh, that's right. That's right. And <laughs> it's the knee problems for Liverpool. I have two that I don't use. They can they can have mine. You uh yeah, you need to invest in some like steel kneecaps or something, some knee replacements for Liverpool. <laughs> Well, if, if Everton weren't floating around just deciding to tackle players with their entire body weight, it wouldn't have been as bad. But we've been seeing this also in other leagues as well. Uh, when you talk about like the NFL, that's had a big influx of, of injuries and COVID positives recently. So uh, no matter how well a league is handling it, it is having some big issues and really the best ones that have handled it have been uh, the NBA uh, that, you know, was in the bubble and we'll see how that goes for next year when they're probably not going to be in a bubble. So especially cause they have to start up around Christmas or a little later and that's still in the bad range for, you know, flu season and COVID season. So um, any last thoughts on, on this, uh, I think we pretty much exhausted this topic for the show, and we'll get back next week for the breakdowns of the epi- of the of the games we just talked about. But uh, any last thoughts? Baby Yoda is still the cute. Oh, sorry, wrong podcast. That's, <laughs> that's the wrong oh, podcast. Uh, Baby Yoda I'll in a Man City kit. Friends that's Gosh darn it! Who <laughs> that? No, I think it, I'm just glad I, I hate international breaks now. <laughs> but I like that the U.S. is back. That gives me something to do. Um, and they've played well, so that's been exciting. But it's it's so hard, international breaks. I just sit here on my thumbs like, oh, my gosh, I'm so bored. So I play a lot of FIFA. I'll tell you, this international break came at the perfect time for me because I did not feel guilty because I probably would not have watched as many games because I would have had my PlayStation. I did not feel as guilty saying... I'm just going to play PlayStation all weekend. So that felt uh, That came at the right time. Must be nice. Must be nice. I I still can't believe it, to be honest. I was like, I was still expecting the day that, that I was just going to get the Spider-Man game delivered and be like, well, I don't have a PlayStation. So, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, because I know there were some people for like Target and stuff that ordered through Target and it was coming uh, a few days after release. But Amazon got it here oh, on man. release morning at 9.30 a.m. That must have been brutal just sitting there looking at it going... Oh, it, it was on my kitchen table. And every time I came... So if you don't know how my kitchen table is, you can see it when you're coming down the steps. Because uh, oh, there's like a little cutout, you know, like a little cutout window almost. So every time I'm going down to get like a snack or a drink, it was staring at me. And I had all the <laughs> lights off down there. And it kind of looked like Christmas morning where you kind of have like... Just yeah. like a little light on, you know, like almost like the Christmas tree lights, but we had the Scentsy warmers on down there, and we had it just sitting on the table. And every time I'd come down, I'd be like, "Ooh, it feels like Christmas," uh, but I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't open it. And I, I, I really hate it myself too because then I had that long load. Mm-hmm. That, oh yeah, you could have just yeah. That I could have just set it up and had it load during my day at work. Yeah, uh, that's what I did the next day. I had Spider Man Remastered downloading while that's I was so working. Nice. That way it would already be finished. But enough about me. Uh, but yes, uh, 
that is our show, and we will catch you all next time. You can follow us on uh, Twitter at uh, Stoppage Show. You think I would know all these from how uh, much I say it? Facebook.com slash Stoppage Time Soccer Show. Email us, Stoppage Time Show at gmail.com or Instagram at Stoppage Time Soccer Show. Give us your thoughts on the games. Give us your thoughts on how you would handle COVID and these international breaks because uh, it is a tough schedule. And we will catch you all next time. Kane has stolen it to death. That's what he's there for. Thank you for listening to Stoppage Time Soccer Show. We hope that you continue to listen to our show and listen to us recap the English Premier League from our perspective. We'll also be talking some Champions League and any other leagues that impact world soccer.